Thanks, guys. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Henry. <laughs> All right. Um, my voice, I, I hopefully, hopefully will hold out or whatever. My voice, I think, is starting to go a little bit on me, too. So I wasn't singing, although I was singing inside. Um, but anyhow, I, I just really appreciate um, the fact that you guys are here and at youth camp and and you guys make youth camp so worth all that work and things. And so just so grateful for each and every one of you. So um, we're going to be looking at John uh, 14.6 tonight. So if you want to open your Bibles, um, you, can, you can turn there. One of the things that uh, seems to be a recurring theme is this idea about... Am I getting... No, not yet. Um, this idea about signs, okay? I've heard it a couple times. I, I know Mrs. Marshall, I guess, talked to you a little bit about signs this morning. Is that true, girls? Yes. Okay, so that's one of the things that, that God places a sign. Elliot talked about it tonight, too. And, and what I want you to, to know about this passage is it, it tells us things, and Scripture tells us things that give us signs about who God is. We've been learning this week about these I am statements, and, and we've been learning about who Jesus is through those statements that he made, right? So by now, you should have a pretty good idea of who God really is and who Jesus is and what he's like by some of these, these I am statements that he has made. Um, so tonight I'm talking about some additional statements. There's, there's three of them in this verse that help us understand that Jesus was the promised Messiah. Can anybody tell me what the Messiah is? Who the Messiah, or what the Messiah means? Um, Henry? The Messiah was a figure in Jewish um, history and is spoken of often in the prophets who was supposed to liberate Israel. Right. There was this promised Messiah that was to come, and he was to be the savior of Israel, but the savior of the world, and that sort of thing, too. So I want you to be thinking about what you've heard this week, and after we go through this message, I want you to be thinking about the question, how do I respond? How do I respond to all this, this information, all these statements, all these things that you've heard about this week? How should I respond, okay? I want you to realize that once you understand who Jesus is, you need to first decide if you believe in him and if you already have put your trust in him, you know, how are you going to respond? What, what do you do about that now that you believe in him? So was he truly who he said he was, this, this promised Messiah, right, that came to save you? Or was he, as the world sometimes tells us, that he's just some crazy teacher or some lunatic? Because the world, sometimes you hear that from the world. John 14, 6, he says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Okay? Now, 
Before we start, I want to give you a little quiz, just what you wanted. You're out of school, and I'm here giving you a little quiz. Great, right? But I want, to see, uh, I want us to dig a little bit deeper into this passage tonight. So um, what are three offices of God? Now, I'll state that a little differently so that I'm looking for three specific offices or three main roles that Jesus provides or fulfills for us. Okay, Jacob, do you have one? God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's good. Those aren't three roles. Those aren't the three that I'm looking for necessarily. But go ahead. Why? Do you have any? This is a tough question. It's the, it... the bread of life, the light of the world, and the door. Okay. Those are three character, or those are three of the I am statements. They're not necessarily roles that Jesus performs. And this is, like I said, this is a tough question. Joe. A uh, prophet. Okay. One of them is a prophet. That's right. He, he is a prophet. Okay, Brennan? Servant. Servant is a good, like I said, there are actually many roles. I'm looking for three particular ones that he actually fulfills for us. Oliver? Um, mediator. <laughs> mediator. Okay, that is, that is true. That's not one of the roles that I'm looking for. So prophet, there are, there are a lot of them. Isaiah? Teacher, man, you guys are coming up with a lot of roles, but they're not the right ones. <laughs> go ahead, Kaylee. Savior. Savior. No. How many more roles can we go through? Halia. King. King. Prophet. King. Good. All right. Uh, BZ. Father. Father, no, that's not necessarily one of them. Okay. All the adults are back there. Oh, me, me, me. Me. <laughs> Eli, leader, leader. no, nope. close, getting, getting close, okay. Emily, priest. priest, yes, very good, very good, very good, I think you deserve some of where you is for that too, there you go, <laughs> look out, look out, good job, okay, so prophet, priest, and king, those, those three, all right, so, um, I want you to realize that these are also part of I am the way, the truth, and the life. Okay, so he fulfills for us prophet, priest, and king. Old Testament scriptures actually predict that the coming Messiah would fulfill these three roles. Okay, listen to, to uh, these are just three prophecies. There's more than that, but that came true about Jesus, all right? For prophet, we go to Deuteronomy 18.15, and it says this, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet, like this is Moses, uh, um, Moses speak, or yes, I think it's Moses, is this Moses, do you happen to know, Joe? <laughs> Moses, thank you, <laughs> sorry, I was pulling a blank there, um, the Lord, this is Moses speaking, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers, it is to him you shall listen. Okay, so he's raised up as a prophet. For priest, we have Zechariah 6.13, and it says this, It is he who shall build the temple of the Lord, and shall bear, bear royal honor, and shall sit and rule on his throne. And there shall be a priest on the throne, and the council of peace shall be between them both. 
All right, and the last one is king, which comes from Micah 5.2. And again, these aren't all the, all the ones, but these are some of them. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. So these are three scriptures that, that talk about these three roles that Jesus will fulfill before he ever even lived. So when Jesus is saying that he is the way, the truth, and the life, he's also fulfilling these three roles, and he is declaring that he is the promised Messiah that offers eternal life and forgiveness of your sins. Okay? Again, John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So let's take a look at these three words that Jesus is using to describe himself, the way, the truth, and the life. And the first word that we're looking at is the way, okay? I am the way. So there are many different definitions that we could talk about, and I'm almost afraid to ask you guys of of a definition for this one because of all the answers you might come up with. Um, I'm looking for two this time, (laughs) all right? Let's see if we can get these on the first time. Um, So what are two definitions, maybe some of the more common ones of what way means? Henry? Direction. A direction, yes. That's not quite the one. It is kind of the one I'm looking for. It's part of it. Um, Isaiah? Way to redemption. I mean, that is, it is a direction, and, a, and it is a way. Jacob? Um, what you should follow. Or... What you should follow, possibly. Kaylee? Like a path or a road. What's this that I'm walking on right now? It's an aisle. Kaylee's right. A path, a road. It's something that we're, we're on, okay? So that is a way. It's a path that we, that we follow, which is a direction and stuff, which is similar, but it is a, it's a path that I was looking for, a road, a trail, a passage, okay? Um, so many of the words that are used in the Bible are used in this way, that have a simple meaning of a road or a path, uh, meaning the direction that you're basically going, okay? So in a physical sense, you are traveling, all right? Now, another way to understand way is what? what? Can you give me the second definition of way or a different way of looking at it? The means. The means. So what do you mean by the means? The means. The, so what are you doing when you're, when you're getting those means? What are, you, what are you doing? Yes, that is a question. You're, you're actually doing something, right? It's kind of an action. You're, you're, it's the way in which you go about getting those means, right? So another way to understand the word way is the manner in which you live or the manner in which you go about getting those means, right? So in other words, it's the way you conduct yourself or how you conduct yourself 
which for some of us is sometimes good and sometimes a little less than good or maybe not so good at all at times, right? Um, there are often times even that we feel good about the way that we are living, all right? For example, you guys have been doing incredible things this week. You guys have, uh, I've seen you guys picking up after games. I have seen you guys pitching in to get chairs or whatever. I've seen you guys even just encouraging one another through prayer, through um, Bible studies or pointing people to scripture and things. So that, that is amazing. That is an incredible way uh, to live. Um, another example, and most of you never saw this. Okay, this is, a, this is something that you guys um, didn't actually know happened, but even Wyatt this week, okay? Where's Wyatt at? Wyatt's right here, all right? I saw him last night going around the field over here and, and things like that, picking up other people's stuff that they left behind, and he put it on a chair over here by the door so that you guys could see it or whatever, so in case maybe you lost it, you would be able to find it. And things. So there's little things like that that I've seen you guys do that just are amazing. It's the way, the manner in which you are living, and it's really cool. But the reality is that no matter how good we live our lives, we all have fallen short. We've all fallen short. We still have sin in our lives, right? All of us have struggles at times, and temptations get the best of us. Sometimes the way of worldliness or living for yourself seem right and fun in the moment, um, but in the, in the end, they lead to destruction. Proverbs 14.12 tells us there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. So I'm sure that even in this chapel here tonight, there are some of you that are struggling with particular sin issues. Maybe it's anger. You're so frustrated with things that you get upset, and sometimes you act out on things. Maybe it's pride, thinking that you can do things better than others. Maybe it's lust. Maybe you're using technology to indulge in behaviors that you shouldn't be. Maybe it's jealousy, thinking that everyone is better off than you. This path or this way can be a broad way. It can be an easy way sometimes to find. And it may seem okay and pleasant to walk in for a moment, but in the end, it leads to destruction. Scott mentioned in his message that this was like living in the shadows, All right? living for temporary pleasures of this world that often lead you into darkness. And oftentimes when you're in that darkness, it spins you around. You go in circles, just really searching for the next pleasure. You don't even have a good idea of where you're heading next. But if you're not sure what direction you're heading in, what does that kind of imply? 
If you're not sure where you're going, what does that mean? What, what do you think that means? You need to find the way. But it also means you're lost, right? <laughs> you're, 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 you're trying to find that direction that, that you were talking about, all right? So if you're a hiker in the woods, what are some of the things? You know I'm a hiker. I like you know, being out in the woods. What are some of the things that you look for? Why? To find your way. What are some of the things that you look for? Trails, yep. Any kind of trails? Lily? Trail markers, yep, absolutely. Um, one of the things, these are signs that point you in the right direction, right? Sometimes if you can find a stream, you start following it downstream, and it goes to a bigger stream and a bigger stream, and usually when you do that, you find people that are living by that stream, and you could go to their house and ask them for, for help or, or you know, ask them a question. If you're in a city, what what's one thing that you can do? Go to like a bus place. A bus place? Yeah, absolutely. Maybe a bus place, uh, you know, somewhere wh- that might have a map, or uh, you can certainly ask other people to see. Um, you know, so this is how we kind of find out where we are getting in a physical state. But spiritually, we have markers that show us the way home as well. God's word, obviously, is one of those big markers that show the way home, all right? So Romans 3.23 tells us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? And Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord, all right? So these wages and free gift is a part of us understanding the way that we're going will, may lead to different things. So when Jesus says he is the way, he does not say that he is a way, right? What is he saying? He is saying that he is the way, the one and only way. If you take another road, if you take another path, you will be lost. Jesus is the only way to eternal life. All right, so remember those three offices that I I talked about earlier? Jesus can say that he is the only way because he is our great high priest, all right? We live in a fallen world where sin abounds, and and the only way to be in God's presence is by covering over or removing that sin, right? In the Old Testament, this was done by an animal sacrifice, obviously, um, a, a priest was to offer the sacrifice for forgiveness of sins. But now Jesus has offered himself a perfect, sinless sacrifice once and for all for the forgiveness of sins. Hebrews 6, 14 through 16 tells us this. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Jesus is the only way, because he is the only one that lived a perfect, sinless life. Even though he was tempted in every way, 
that we are. He has the power over sin and death because of his resurrection. We talked about that I am statement. I am the resurrection, right? So Jesus is the way, the road, the only path that you can find peace in knowing that you have eternal life. Living for yourself, living for, even in a good way, maybe trying to be good is not good enough on your own. It is only through Jesus that you can find a way to heaven. Right? So that brings us to the second, the second word here. I am the truth. All right, so the second word that Jesus used to describe himself is truth. I am the truth. A few uh, months ago in Transform, I talked on, uh, you know, what is truth? I don't know if any of you guys remember that. Uh, but how many, how many, uh, well, let's, uh, hold on a second. We'll get to that. So this is a question most people do ask themselves at some point in their life. I have a coworker that asked me this the other day. Um, it said, he's, uh, they're always asking, what is the truth, right? So what is the truth about God? You see, unfortunately, many people in our world today they believe that truth is relative, right? They believe that what is true for you may not be true for me, all right? So, for example, how many of you like Kit Kats? We're getting slim up here. How many of you like Kit Kats? So, Kate, you like Kit Kats? That's specific. How many people may not like Kit Kats? Anybody? Oh, there's at least one back there, okay, see? So, what's true for Kate isn't true, well, I forget who raised their hand. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Melissa, Melissa, I wanted to say Marissa, <laughs> but Melissa. Um, and I knew that wasn't right. Um, so anyhow, okay, who likes uh, York peppermint candies? All right, Drew. Oh, man, the stakes are going up, right? Huh? Drew, you like peppermint candies? All right, just. Is there somebody that doesn't like peppermint candies? I don't, right? Okay, so what's true for one person may not be true for other. That's relativism. Uh, that's, you know, it, it may be true for somebody. It may not be true. Um, the other day I had a conversation with uh, Beezy. Where's Beezy? There she is. There she is. I had a conversation with Beezy the other day, and she... I found out she loves chocolate, right? It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's chocolate cake or if she has, uh, you know, everything. She, she got chocolate dessert. She wanted chocolate syrup on it. She said, whatever it is, put chocolate in it, right? BZ loves chocolate. Unfortunately, I have to be honest, some chocolate actually makes me sick. I know, isn't that sad? I do like some, some types of chocolate, you know, like Reese's peanut butter cups, I love. There's certain things I love. But again, that truth is, is relative, right? Okay? Um, now, some truths are, uh, are absolute, right? Okay, so one, of, one example of an absolute truth is there are no round squares, right? Think about it, okay? I know, I'm making you think a lot, right? 
All right, what's three, three plus four? Seven. How did you all come up with that answer? It's, it's kind of an absolute truth, okay? You, uh, you jump off the top of the bouncy house, and what happens? <laughs> it depends on which way you jump off, right? <laughs> if, <laughs> yes, it's funny. So obviously, gravity is is an absolute truth. If you, unless you're out in outer space, I guess I don't know. I guess there's probably exceptions to that one, but. But the, it's an absolute truth that if you're on Earth and you jump off an object, you're going to fall and, and go boom, right? All right. So there are absolute truths as well. This world that we live in in postmodernism wants us to say that all values and beliefs and lifestyles and truth are equally valid, right? But this can't be right. It can't be right. Think about what different religions say about Jesus. Christians believe that Jesus claimed to be God, he claimed to be the Messiah, while other religions believe that he's just a good teacher, or he was a prophet, but definitely not God. These two ideas are opposite of each other, right? They both can't be true at the same time. He is either God, or he's not. Now again, a few months ago I talked about what is the truth in, in transform, okay? So how many, how many prophecies did I mention in that that actually predicted Jesus was coming before uh, he ever lived on this earth? Does anybody remember, Wesley? No, a lot more than that. <laughs> you, you, you got one of the numbers, correct? <laughs> All right, a couple hundred? 300, over 300 prophecies were made about Jesus before he ever came to, came to this earth, okay? Um, Eric Huff, are you here? No. <laughs> no. What's the probability of that? <laughs> I figured if anyone could figure it out, it would be you. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> it would be huge. Like, like I heard one time, I think if you, if you take 12 of those, and you do the probability like that, it would be like one with, I don't know how many zeros behind it, at like 17 to the fourth power, I don't know, it's, it was an incredible number, okay, and we're talking 300, all right, Jesus also predicted, and I'm going to go through these pretty quick, um, and you guys can, uh, if you want them, I can give them to you later, but Jesus also predicted many things that came true about himself, okay, and I'm going to go through through how many of these? 12 of these, really quick, all right? So again, if you just want to write down the reference, Matthew 24 and 25, or verse 25 says, his words would be everlasting. Matthew 26, 21 through 22 said, he would be betrayed by one of his disciples. Matthew 26, 31 through 32 said, all of his disciples would leave him. Matthew 26, 33 through 34 said Peter would deny him three times. Matthew 16, 21 said he would suffer because of the religious rulers. Matthew 16, 21 said he would die in Jerusalem. Matthew 26, 2 said he would die by crucifixion. Matthew 26, 2 said he would die during the Passover. 
Uh, John 2, 18 uh, through 22, he said he would be resurrected from the dead on the third day. John 14, 26 it said, or talked about the coming of the Holy, he talked about the coming of the Holy Spirit. Luke 19, 43 through 42, I'm sorry, 43 through 44 talked about the destruction of the city of Jerusalem within one generation. And Matthew, the last one, Matthew 24, 1 through 2, uh, talked about the temple in Jerusalem. The temple would be destroyed as well. So you have, you see, go ahead, you got. <laughs> you know what? I'll get. <laughs> I will give these to you later if you want. We can we can copy them off for you. Okay, um, just in the in the essence of time. So, uh, and this shows you that Jesus fulfilled this role of prophet. Okay, by the knowledge that he had the truth that he spoke and the prophecies that came true through him. Jesus is the truth, and he claimed, he claimed to be God, okay? Which brings us to our last statement, I am the life. Now, what does it mean to have life? I think the, the boys had a little bit of this discussion, and I'm not going to, I'm just, I'm not going to get into this one too much, um, or I'm not going to ask you guys the questions, but... You know, what does it mean to have life, okay? So, like, what's the difference between this and this? So, I don't really care about dropping that one very much, right? But, but this one, I want to be a little bit more, more careful with. And there's, there's reasons for that, right? What... Um, Actually, I think I heard you guys actually talking with Kay this morning, boys or whatever. What did you guys say about life? Uh, did you guys say some things about what life is? is? So it, it yeah it's it's actions it's it's I think I remember somebody saying it's like or, organic or, or, or it's an organism and that sort of thing and and that's what it I think I heard a few different things so like for example you know um, oh <laughs> whoops <laughs> like if 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 this was a real baby <laughs> I I I think that would be. That would probably be a bad thing, right? <laughs> All right. There's, there's something about life that is precious. There's life that is, that is important, okay? But really, these things that I'm, I'm holding here and we're, we were talking about has to do with physical life um, in a lot of ways, right? I want you to realize that there is a life or this life that we're living right now is not necessarily the ultimate goal. John 14, 2 says this, in my, in my house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go 
to prepare a place for you. There is a life that we don't fully understand yet. It's an eternal life of being in God's presence, right? Jesus is the source of all life. You know, all of these I am statements that we, that we talk about bring life. Consider light for a moment. Physical life, like our sun, helps that plant to grow. The light of Jesus helps us to, to grow and live spiritually by helping us to see in the darkness of this world. This helps us to grow in our character and helps us to avoid sin that leads to death. Physical bread, Jason talked about being the bread of life. It gives nourishment to our bodies. It, like physical bread gives nourishment to our bodies and helps us have the energy to play noodles hockey and belly bumper basketball, right? But the bread Jesus is, is talking about brings life to our spirit by teaching us and giving us wisdom and the endurance to live life to its fullest. Jesus shepherds us like, like Judah talked about and helps to guide us by avoiding dangers if we listen to his voice. All of these are characteristics of Jesus that we talked about this week that bring life. John 14, 19b says this, because I live, you also will live. Jesus has the power to bring life. He rules as our king. Okay, there's that second word. He rules as our king over the power of sin and death. And he offers to forgive you of all the sins that you have done in your past, your present, and your future so that you can live eternally with him in his kingdom. So Jesus rescues us from a life of bondage and sin to a life of freedom. And this life begins when you place your faith in him to save you. If you remember the story of Esther, how many of you remember the story of Esther? Pretty well-known story, right? Uh, Esther was forbidden to enter into the king's presence without being invited, right? But Esther trusted God, and when, he, when she entered the king's presence, he extended a golden scepter to her, allowing Esther to approach the king. And the reason I share this story is I want you to understand that Jesus has actually giving each, given each and every one of you an invitation, okay? He has extended his arms to invite you to come to him. He held out his hands on a wooden cross as a sign that he wants you to come. It's his invitation to you. He's saying in John 14, 6 again, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So I want to close with this last part of this verse. No one comes to the Father but through me. The world often says that this statement 
is offensive because it's exclusive. All right? That counts people out. But this couldn't be further from the truth. Couldn't be further from the truth. This way to God is offered to everyone. It's offered to everyone freely, and no matter what you've done or who you are. The worst sinner and the most well-behaved person has the same exact opportunity to put their faith in Jesus. They have the opportunity to decide for themselves who they believe Jesus is. Jesus claimed that he was our prophet, our priest, and our king, just as the Old Testament scriptures predicted. Jesus died and rose again in order to give us a way to heaven, right? And he proved this by his resurrection from the dead. No other religion can say this. No other religion can say that, that they have seen whoever it would be, their leader or whatever, has been resurrected. All of them are still in their graves. Jesus is the only one that is no longer in his grave. I want to go to John eleven twenty six for a second. When Martha was talking to Jesus right before he raised Lazarus, from the dead, he asked her a question. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, meaning physically die, yet shall he live spiritually, right? And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? When he said this question, he wasn't just asking Martha this question. He was asking every one of us this question. So I said at the beginning of this message that I wanted you to think about what you personally believe about Jesus and ask yourself the question, how do I respond? How do I respond? So I'm going to ask the, the band to, to come back up. And we're going we're gonna to talk, to, uh, talk through some, or sing through some songs. And I want you to think about that question. How do I respond? Maybe you're here tonight, and you haven't ever placed your, your faith and trust in who Jesus is. I'm asking you, during worship, to go to the back and talk with one of your leaders. And I want them to pray with you. Maybe you are a Christian. You've already given your life to Christ, but you are struggling with some sin in your life. I want to encourage you to, again, get somebody to pray with you. This is our last night at camp. Hard to believe that it's been <laughs> several days already. 
and you'll be going home tomorrow. So I would really encourage you to get with somebody and pray with them. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever your struggle may be, I encourage you to, to respond. All right. You have heard this week through all of these I am statements who Jesus is. Now, what are you going to do with that gift that you have been given? So let's sing.